Hello and welcome to the Beauty Therapist of Australia podcast. I am your host, Kathleen Klassman, and you might know me from the Facebook group, Beauty Therapists of Australia for Industry Leaders, a group for professional beauty therapists to unite, get educated, and of course, become industry leaders. Here on the podcast, I answer and discuss the best questions that you submitted into the group over the past week. And in today's episode, we will be discussing what is corneotherapy and what are the treatment modalities commonly used? Should you have a cancellation and refund policy? And how does this differ when you're providing services for staff training and how to record and keep client information? But before we dive into these topics, I would like to remind you that if you would like to have your question answered, jump on over to Facebook and join our free Facebook community. Just search Beauty Therapists of Australia for industry leaders and click join to get connected. Also, if you would like to stay updated on all things related to the beauty industry, follow me personally on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search my full name, Kathleen Klassman. Hello, beauty therapists. I'm really happy to be here today and super pumped for the topics today because I feel like I can relate to every single topic and all the questions. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. And for the first topic, we will be discussing Dixie's question. And she asked, I have been reading about corneotherapy and it's quite interesting. I understand LED and CIT are used, but what other modalities are actually used with corneotherapy? Love this question, Dixie. And there's definitely a lot to unpack and lots of little questions to kind of answer in regards to this so that all of the viewers are completely informed. So let me go back to that question and just mention, we're going to be talking about what is corneotherapy, Uh, LED. I want to quickly let you know, if you don't know what that is, it's light emitting diodes. So it's a treatment modality where you essentially you sit under a light and it's super relaxing and the lights that are penetrating into your skin go all down through to different depths and actually each different light causes a different kind of cellular cascade within the cells. And CIT, that is a acronym for collagen induction therapy. You might also know it as uh, skin needling, medical microneedling, and essentially that is lots of tiny little needles going into the skin, creating um, little uh, little micro um, holes in the skin where it stimulates the wound healing process. So in that wound healing process is where all the magic happens. But we have spoken about that on a previous episode. So if you want more information on CIT, definitely go back there. But that's essentially the uh, answering those little questions that you might have had. But we're all industry leaders who listen to this podcast, so I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so what is corneotherapy and um, how can we understand this better? So to answer the question, what is corneotherapy? I thought we'd go to the best source possible, and that is the International Association of Applied Corneotherapy. It's an association where you can register to become a member if you have the relevant qualifications and you are a practicing corneotherapist. You can actually become a member, and I myself have done this. So I'm really passionate about corneotherapy because it really has 
change the way I do things. It has revolutionized the way I treat skin and really, oh, I'm just so passionate. It's answered a lot of questions that I had about the skin industry and why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why does this sometimes not work? And so on. So what I'm going to be doing is quickly reading from the association's website. The acronym for this association is the IAC. And we're going to be in the article called What is Corneotherapy? So hear me out. Essentially, corneotherapy is a remedial skin treatment methodology with its core principles being the repair and maintenance of the skin barrier defense system. As the name suggests, corneotherapy is closely related to corneobiology, which is the physiological, biological, and biochemical processes of the stratum corneum, the outermost layer of the epidermis. It is now wildly understood that the outer layer of corneocytes of the stratum corneum is a biologically active cellular tissue. So let's just rewind here. I want to make sure that we're all following. So Corneotherapy is to do with the repair and maintenance of the skin barrier defense system. So first of all, we're talking about the acid mantle. I'm sure you're all familiar with this. And we're also talking about those defense systems. So that's something that you can look into a little, little bit more in the future. But essentially, we have um, all these lines of defense which protect our skin. Well, more so actually protecting our internal systems, but our skin is set up as a defense system line. So we also have the stratum corneum, which you all probably know is the outermost layer. It's the layer that is almost the thickest, and this is where the corneocytes are. And remembering that corneocytes were once keratinocytes. So once they've gone through their full differentiation process, I have so much trouble with that word, <laughs> they become corneocytes in the stratum corneum. So it's all about essentially maintaining that stratum corneum. So let's go back to the text. It is now wildly understood that the outer layer of corneocytes of the stratum corneum is biologically active cellular tissue. That's right. Listeners, it is not dead. We've been referring to the stratum corneum as dead for a very, very long time, but it is wildly understood now that it is not. It is very active. <laughs> So let's continue. The co-inventor of Retin-A, a US dermatologist, Dr. Albert Kligman, and his partners discovered that the stratum corneum and the lipid barrier that keeps it intact play a significant role in skin health. We know that today. It can send many signals to the underlying epidermis and influence the regeneration process in the deeper layers of the skin. The understanding of skin health along with appropriate interventions and topical treatments is an ensemble of therapies that Dr. Kligman labeled as corneotherapy. So you can see he's really, he established the word corneotherapy through understanding the importance of these skin barrier defense systems in the stratum corneum being a biologically active cellular tissue. So with this knowledge, corneotherapy-centric therapeutic interventions have shown that optimally functioning barrier defenses, including a healthy innate immune system, can prevent or even reduce structural inflammation that is the precursor to many skin conditions. And these preventative interventions are primarily, primarily directed to correction and restoration of the stratum corneum and barrier defense systems that have been rendered defective or impaired by disease of intrinsic or extrinsic 
factors. So the correct application of corneotherapeutic principles have been shown to restore homeostasis and an improved function of the entire integument, protecting against harmful substances and microorganisms that can trigger these anomalous conditions. So let's rewind a little bit here because I want to make sure we're all on the same page. I'm sure many, many of you are. So we want to make sure we're in corneotherapy it's really about maintaining and making sure that we have a healthy innate immune system of the skin. So yes, internally you have an immune system, which is so important, but also within the skin, we have an immune system. So it's about making sure that that is in a healthy range and it's not overstimulated. And it's also to do with um, reducing inflammation in the skin because inflammation really is a precursor to many different types of skin conditions, things, eczema, um, all all of those conditions. So these preventative interventions, um, it's a really about correcting and essentially restoring that stratum corneum, that top layer, which we always used to think of, let's just shed that off. (laughs) It's about actually really understanding the importance of that top layer, which is um, really, really refreshing because when you really understand the defense systems of the skin, it just really revolutionizes what you're doing in clinic. You can actually make really amazing results when you understand the exact cellular processes that are going on. So let's keep moving down. And in this article, we're almost at the end, guys. The principles of corneotherapy can also be applied to the correction of skin conditions but for the supportive prevention of skin problems the prevention of premature skin aging um, is an inherent outcome of this approach which is amazing it's like aging comes along for the ride while you're treating skin conditions so it's essentially if you're maintaining that um, skin barrier defense systems you are actually inherently (laughs) aging nice and gracefully which is what we're all wanting right everyone wants to age slowly (laughs) a key principle of corneotherapy is to keep the epidermis intact at all times with the therapeutic actions working from the outer layers of the epidermis inwards this approach of retaining the integrity of the epidermis ensures the skin defense and immune systems are non-stimulated Uh, not stimulated unnecessarily. So remember, epidermis is that top layer. The stratum corneum is within the epidermis because the epidermis has lots of different layers. So keeping the epidermis really intact the whole time, keeping that immune system intact at all times. And when we really look at the modalities that we're really commonly applying to the skin, there is a lot of things that really do disrupt that epidermis and in particular those skin defense systems. So every time you do a microdermabrasion, a chemical peel, um, what is it called? Not microblading. Well, microblading for sure with eyebrows, but the dermaplaning, that's the one. When we get in that little scalpel, anytime we're literally removing cells of the stratum corneum off of the face onto some sort of um, cotton pad or tool, we are disrupting the defense systems. Now, it's a pretty big shock factor <laughs> to be going, whoa, okay, so we we rely on these for all of these services that we provide. Um, and they're meant to help the skin, right? And they can in certain 
aspects and certain ways. I think what's really happened in our industry and I can really attest to this because I've changed my way of treating skin in a massive way from being someone that is all about, you know, daily AHAs on the skin and glycolic peels and microdermabrade everything <laughs> to being someone who, look, now in my clinic on myself, I don't even exfoliate every two weeks. And you're probably shaking your head going, what? This girl is crazy. She doesn't exfoliate her skin. <laughs> but the thing is... And this is the cool thing about corneotherapy. It taught me that essentially when your skin is healthy and it is maintained and all the defense systems are working in order, we actually exfoliate. Our skin exfoliates itself. Remember, it's called desquamation and it's a process that has been created so we can have um skin right skin that's functioning it's how the skin cells move up and off but the thing is when our skin cells are unhealthy and things are imbalanced this whole process doesn't really uh express in the correct way so yeah now I've gone from exfoliating every other day or at least every day to every two weeks and my skin is better now for it so that's just an example and in my clinic the most exfoliation that I do is a very very gentle clay-based enzyme mask and a very very gentle jojoba bead uh, exfoliation and that is all I do exfoliation does not play a big role at all in my clinic oh I use a little bit of salicylic acid here and there but that's really it so corneotherapy really is an inside out therapy and I think if anything you get from this today it's about treating the skin from the inside out and really thinking about when you're looking at the skin what do these skin cells need to help that differentiation process remember i mentioned that at the start that's the process that happens in the epidermis so you've got your bottom layer the stratum basal and then how that cell goes through mitosis so it divides so it's like <laughs> it's one cell and then it decides to turn into two and how that cell that is now being it's a copy a physical copy how that cell goes through the process of going through all the layers that's called the differentiation and that whole process needs to happen in a really really healthy way while keeping the innate immune system relaxed making sure the stratum corneum is intact and the skin barrier is also intact limiting transepidermal water loss and really just encouraging a healthy healthy bilayers and a healthy skin that's not permeable so i have to say that's that's corneotherapy in a nutshell and Essentially, there's a few other little components to it in regards to, you know, not putting anything onto the skin that is disruptive at all. So think about fragrances, preservatives can be pretty nasty, some emulsifiers are pretty harsh, definitely fragrance falls into this category. Oh, I just mentioned that, but <laughs> that's a real serious one. <laughs> so it's more than just really looking at those defense systems and really thinking about that inside out approach. So to answer your question, uh, Dixie, you were talking about what modalities can be used. And I guess this is really up to the skin treatment therapist or corneotherapist that's treating. Now, personally, in my clinic, the only modalities I use 
are uh, collagen induction therapy. So at home skin needling. So the little derma rollers that they can take home. And I do the CIT in the clinic. So the medical micro needling. And that's all I rely on. I would love to have an LED machine. I tell you that. A <laughs> little, uh, little bit pricey for me right now. <laughs> but eventually we will get there. But I do know of many other corneotherapists who are also registered with the corneotherapy association who provide other types of services off the top of my head we have ipl we have skina therapy we have rf we have so many others but i guess the key principle here is laser i've seen laser being done as well the key principle here is are you treating the skin in a corneotherapeutic way? And when it is being treated in that way where you're making sure the defense systems are maintained and all of that that I just mentioned, it could be considered corneotherapeutic. So that is what I have to say about this topic. And I hope it's really, really inspired you because honestly, it has changed my whole career. If you want to know more about corneotherapy and I promise you this is definitely not sponsored at all (laughs) this is just a course that I have personally done and I am very um, happy with it it's called the understanding corneotherapy and it can actually be you can actually do it if you're a non-member of the IAC so it's available on the IAC I think it's a hundred euros and you can enroll into it and it goes through what is corneotherapy what is it goes through the unit of internal cell structures stem cells and skin development what is keratin cell systems of the epidermis cells and systems of the dermis keratinocyte life cycle so remember that's a differentiation process cell to cell communication the ecosystem of the acid mantle the skin microbiome and corneotherapy so if any of those topics interest you i tell you what that is such a good course to undertake i have done it i love it and um, I always go back to my course notes and reread it. And I'm like, oh, I'm learn- learning something new today. <laughs> so that is my answer to your question, Dixie. I hope it has been inspiring. I hope it has been helpful. Please feel welcome to reach out to me personally and any other of the members in the group who also um, practice corneotherapy. There's so many of us in there. So I hope you enjoyed that. Alrighty, so for topic number two, I will be answering a question asked by Crescent Studios Beauty and Wellness. I really love that now in groups, you can actually join as a business, like a page on Facebook. That's a really new feature. And you can actually even as your business, um, this is just like a little side note for you, (laughs) as your business or your page on Facebook, you can actually like other pages. So you get a whole unique newsfeed for your business. I think that's really cool. So we've definitely seen an increase in beauty pages joining the group, which is really cool. So I'm not sure of this lady's first name, but we're going to be answering her question and I will be providing my thoughts on the topic. And I'm sure so many of you can really touch on this topic and give some answers. So please feel welcome to source other information. I'm just going to give you my own perspective on this one. So she asked, 
Ladies, what are your cancellation policies and refund policies? Also, what is your refund policy on highly discounted services due to training where it is specified that the client is only paying for the cost of products used? So to kind of rephrase that, I believe she's really wanting to know. This is like a two-parter. <laughs> so what are your cancellation and refund policies? And what do you do when you are putting someone through a training and the client, you know, what are your refund policies around this when you have a client coming in for training? So she obviously has a new staff member and she wants to train her. And um, perhaps in her play, in her salon, there might've been someone asking for a refund. So we can only speculate, but that's me just trying to understand where this lady has come from. So Let's just touch on the first part. And should you have a cancellation and refund policy? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Please do. It is highly encouraged and it really shows that you have a professional business when you do. So I thought it'd be really handy to actually go through my cancellation and refund policy. So to be really quick about it, my refund policy, I don't have an actual refund policy written out because I base my refund policy off of the Australian um, Consumer Commission. So essentially, they actually outline what is a fair uh, refund, repair or replace. So I don't really want to break the laws in my business at all. So I go by the Australian consumer law and follow all of that. So feel welcome to look them up and they really do go through the guidelines um, and essentially like to be really brief, if you are providing a treatment that, you know, you say that it's going to provide something and it doesn't meet those needs of the client of what you've told it's going to provide, then you might be in a bit of a stifle to have to do a refund, replace or repair. So look into that one in your own time. That's how I work all my refunds. And you can be really tactical about this as well. You know, when it comes to, because we all know skincare, for example, we can't guarantee that someone is going to get the response that they are desiring or that the product says it's going to do. And it all depends on the, the skin health and yada, 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 right? So you want to tell your client these things. Like I tell all my clients, look, there's a high chance that your skin might get worse before it gets better. So this is like an insurance kind of policy. I tell all my clients this so they have informed consent before buying something and I just say it might get worse before it gets better these are some of the symptoms you might experience this is normal this is normal this is normal this is not normal so whatever it is you need to contact me ASAP whether it's a normal response and you're confused about it or you need support email me straight away if it's an adverse reaction email me as well so I can help you and work you through it and I tell you what just by being upfront about this and really telling your clients like, look, this could happen. It's not all just like sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But it just really isn't. So you make sure that they're really informed about what they're in for. That's how I do refunds. Um, when it comes to your booking policy um, regarding cancellation, well, I'm going to read you mine out and I have mine listed on my website and everybody knows what the booking policy is when they go to pay their part payments. So 
I have a 24-hour cancellation policy and this is what it says. Your appointments are reserved especially for you, so we ask that you give at least 24 hours notice when rescheduling or cancelling an appointment. Failure to attend or give adequate notice to cancel or reschedule will incur a loss of your $50 part payment. This is to ensure that we have the opportunity to fill your spot and offer a variety of appointment times to our clients. So... All clients are booking with me know that within 24 hours, they're going, you know, if they really know, they're going to lose their $50 part payment. So all of the treatments that I do, they have to pay this $50. It's non-negotiable. If you don't want to pay it, then you can't secure your appointment. That's just the way I do things. And look, I don't have any issues with it. I think I have had one or two people cancel, but they were kind of on the borderline anyways. I've had one time when I've had to refund the $50, but that is it. Everybody is so happy about it. I hardly have cancellations. It's great. (laughs) And you know what? When you're the business owner, then once you have this cancellation in policy in place and say a client, you know, has extenuating circumstances, say they're partner got into a car accident like that's terrible who you know you yeah you could take that $50 but because you have this policy in place you can actually give them a bit of grace and say look I am so sorry that happened obviously that was out of your control you know you can keep their money or you can give it back so that's up to your discretion and that's the beauty of having a booking policy and I think one of the reasons why you definitely should have one you'll have less cancellations and you can really dictate on you know, how your discretion, but you want to keep firm into your booking policies. So I also have a late arrivals policy and um, a few little outlined for when you book with a pre-purchase treatment and also booking with a gift voucher. So that's what I do. And I guess to kind of move on from that and really answer the question, you know, do you, do you need a different booking policy or refund policy when it comes to training your staff? And I don't really think you need to, but let me discuss my thoughts around this. So you don't need to, from my opinion, because you would be having a very open communication um, or conversation essentially with the client that's booking in. So you would source these clients, right? And you would say to them, Look, I have Mary and Mary's a new therapist here and Mary is really competent in this area, but we just need to train her up in the way that we do our um, skin treatments, for example. So I'd like to offer you a discounted treatment. It's blah, blah, blah for blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And basically, you know, in this session, you're going to have the facial that we always provide, but just remember that it's a bit of a training environment. So the lights may go on. There might be a bit of talking. There might be a little bit of pausing and to and from. It's just because we'll be teaching Mary our methods. Is that okay with you? Would you like this discounted treatment? It really is only to cover the cost of products used. So that's the conversation I would have with my clients for training a client. And I have to say, I'm sure, I'm sure that if you were to have that conversation, they would be more than happy if they're happy with that scenario. I think when you would have, you would start to have refunds and people being upset is probably when that communication wasn't there and they really weren't sure what they were paying for. Perhaps maybe they didn't even realize it was a training and they were like, Oh, I need a refund. And look, 
I, I hope this doesn't happen because I feel like that would be a little bit it's just not in good faith really is it you know they know that that person's in training and they could kind of stuff up and then they ask for a refund I think that's pretty pretty mean really (laughs) but if you are really concerned about this this is when you can just draft up a lovely contract and get the person to sign so this is taking it another step further perhaps everything i just said then you can put that into writing form and write down and say look this is what you're agreeing to uh this is what's going on in the treatment these are the you know these things could happen because this is a training um scenario please sign here to acknowledge that you understand what's going to happen in the treatment and you can put something in there about there's no refunds available for example so i think all of these situations can definitely be solved with really good communication but hey a backup option is to have a little mini contract (laughs) i'm all about those so i hope this has been really really helpful and it's kind of got you thinking about cancellation policies, refund policies, and all of this. It's so important for a business. I tell you what, when I put mine in, things just were so much more smoother. So more on this on another topic, I might share with you how I made my system and all of these details, but that might be for a video. So stay tuned and let's get into the second topic. Okay, so for topic number three, I'll be answering Victoria's question. And she asked, how do you keep your client records, paper or online? I'm honestly really bad at keeping records. I have a home salon and really only get bookings for brows and tans. And most of my clients have been coming to see me for five plus years. I am starting to grow and getting new people through the door. And I feel that I definitely need better record keeping. I was thinking of a Google form, which they could fill out before attending would love to hear your input please so victoria thank you so much for reaching out i'm really really excited to chat to you about this and yes i definitely think you need to have better record keeping if you are growing and wanting to have a secure business you need to keep these good client records but first of all i just want to say congratulations five plus years of clients retained That is amazing. You would have such a special bond with them. And I'm sure that you do keep some sort of record. And I'm sure most of it is ingrained in your mind, (laughs) especially if you're doing brows and tans over and over again. So well done for creating such a successful business so far. So my answer to your cue um, is in two parts. So I really want to talk about how to record as in like methods that you can use to essentially do thorough note-taking and I also want to talk to you about how how to do it as in where you should put your client records and I do want to kind of answer your question on the google forms so let's tackle that one first because I have played with google forms and look I'm not against google forms I am so impressed with the whole google suite where you can use docs and sheets and all of the bits and pieces i think it's fantastic but when it comes to google forms yes you can create a consultation form but i find it a little bit kind of uh, kind of it does it's not perfect right and that's okay so i only use it for online clients so if i want to send someone a consultation prior 
to them coming in or something along those lines. And then when it comes to consultations in the clinic, I used to use uh, paper forms, but I've now just gone green. Yay for that. (laughs) And I'll be moving more. Well, no, I've actually completely transitioned into green. So I use online consultations. So I do this through my salon software, my booking software, and most good booking software platforms do actually provide this service. So I love it. I think it's amazing because this is half of your record keeping all done for you, right? Because you literally hand the iPad or tablet to your client, they fill in everything and that information is then saved onto their client record. You don't even need to take notes (laughs) or scan it into the computer or do anything. It's literally all there. I think it's brilliant. So if you can get that system going, that'll save you so much time and Oh, effort. I mean, when I first started, I had the paper forms. I had to literally get their phone number, their birth date and their address and put it all into the computer. (laughs) I mean, look, I got my mum to do it and she's such a lovely soul and did it all for me. But, you know, not everyone is that lucky and you can't get time back. So if you can save time, go for it. So my first piece of advice is to definitely consider a really professional salon booking system. There's so many out there and look on the group, search in the booking tab. There's plenty of conversations about this and you can find one that you love. In regards to the Google Forms, look, you can do that, but I find you're still going to have to import the information into your booking software. So that's kind of where I get a bit stumped. I'm like, oh, Google Forms is okay, but I would like it all to be automatic. So that's just the way I do things. And now I really wanted to discuss how to take notes and what notes you should take. Um, So I do skin therapy and I help essentially a lot of women who have acne and really sensitized impaired barriers. So they're pretty complicated. They usually have a few little health concerns and it's multifactorial when you're talking about skin and remedial massage is another thing I do. So I need to keep really good notes. And I wanted to talk to you about a method that I was taught when I was actually in nursing school. So it's called the SOAP method, S-O-A-P. And now this is an acronym that helps you to write good notes that are, first of all, subjective objective as an assessment and it is planning for the future so let me run through the soap method you can go onto the internet and search this all you like there's plenty of youtube videos on it but i think this is a really good place to start if you've never recorded a good note before so let's go through it so subjective that is essentially statements made by the client now this is really important in the medical industry because you can't really make assumptions right so an example that i remember from nursing school was the client says to you that they're feeling short shortness of breath so they can't breathe very much when they do this particular activity and the first thing you might go to is the medical term um, and I always get this one wrong, Dys- dysnopia. <laughs> I could never say it. But essentially, you go to want to write down what the medical term is for the symptoms that they're describing. Now, it's all good and well to do that. But when you start to 
change the words that are given by the client or the patient, you start to lose the information's credibility because that was a direct quote and you can't really be changing their direct quote. So you should always have it from the person. So the person's perspective. So you want to say the client reported that her skin feels dry around the jawline and up near the forehead, for example. You don't want to just say dryness um, or whatever you want to say. Um, You don't want to be saying flaking skin or whatever you call it. You want to actually be saying what the client said because what the client said is that's their issue. (laughs) They want that addressed. And if you use the client terminology, then you are already winning because they really feel like you're relating to them. So that's uh, S, which is subjective. The O is objective. So this is when you can actually use the information, (laughs) all those little, um, you know, essential fatty acid deficiency on the skin or impaired acid mantle. You know, you can really start to write all of those things down. Uh, The third one is the assessment of the situation, the session, the client, regardless um, of how obvious it might be based on the other two situations. You kind of just want to talk about the situation that's been happening. So uh, client came in and per, I guess, let me just rephrase that client came in and was a little bit jittery and a little bit hyped up, or I perceived her to be hyped up. You always want to make sure you're careful with these words, but essentially it's kind of like assessing the situation that's going on. And P, planning for the future of your work. So this is a great part that I love to include in as many notes as possible. So while I'm there with the client, I generally am looking at everything and I'm thinking about, all right, well, this session, I'm going to do this. And I'm considering the treatment plan for the next six months to 12 months. So we all know Rome wasn't built in a day and you cannot do everything in one session. So I always think, you know, throughout that session, I'm like, all right, well, today we're going to get her onto a cleanser and a moisturizer. But once her skin has really started to, you know, that barrier has begun to heal and her skin defense systems are a little bit, you know, more intact and less um, uh, stimulated, we're then going to add a serum. So I'll write that in my notes. I'll write uh, next session would like to talk about possibly introducing the serum with these ingredients in it. I've already mentioned it to the client. So you want to be as direct as possible. That's essentially the soap method. Look it up on the internet, have a real good look. But I also use just my own words that come to my brain. So I sometimes write pretty long essays. (laughs) I do. I really do. Because I want to record things like my client's cat's name or their children's name or their children's birthdays or their favorite beverage or how hot they like the water in their steam um, in their foot bath. I don't really do many foot baths, but that's just an example for you. So I always write down these preferences or client is really uncomfortable with her front of her neck, the anterior neck being touched, write these down because they tell you once and then you forget and then you start massaging the anterior neck and they're like, oh, they feel sick because you've told them, they've told you and then you've forgotten. So that's kind of where record keeping comes into play. And I think it's really, really important. So yeah, 
that's my answer to your question. And I would love to hear what everyone else has to say on this topic. I'd love to open up a communication, sorry, a conversation in the beauty therapist group so we can all talk about our record keeping. And I really hope that you're all doing it at this same level. I think a couple of lines about a client really like likes firm pressure It's just not enough. I mean, look, if you want to provide a subpar treatment and just, you know, that's the only information you want to give yourself the next um, treatment that they come in, then sure, go for it. But just writing down client likes firm pressure around the neck and shoulders is like somewhat okay, but not enough. You will forget things. I promise you that. So I hope this has been interesting. Thank you so much for listening. So before you go, beauty therapist, I'd like to say thank you so much for being here with me. By listening to this podcast, it shows that you are dedicated to your education as a beauty therapist and it proves that you have what it takes to be an industry leader. Stay on top of your game, beauty therapist. Keep educating yourself, networking amongst your peers, and don't forget the reasons why you chose this industry in the first place. If you would like to connect with other Australian beauty therapists, make sure to join the Facebook group by searching Beauty Therapists of Australia dash for industry leaders. And if you'd like to follow me personally, just search my full name, Kathleen Klassman on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you loved this podcast, please feel welcome to share it with any other beauty therapist that you know, depending on the podcast platform, you can actually leave a comment, a rate and review all of this helps so, so much. So I really, really appreciate any nice comments that you send me. It really does light up my day, especially since I do this for free. I really do it because I just love it. So thank you again for connecting with me. Stay well, beauty therapist, and I'll see you here next time.